planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Welcome to another episode of the Everblack Podcast. On this episode, we talk to Wade Black from Collapse, who have just released their new album, Mechanical Christ. Now, that album is uh, very, very surprising. It took me totally off guard, and I loved every second of it. It's noisy and everything you'd want from uh, a post-industrial band, and especially coming out of Australia, it's just incredible. Uh, Wade had heaps to say about, uh, obviously, touring overseas in Europe and its challenges, uh, the creation of Mechanical Christ and uh, the instruments they created from uh, bits of scrap metal and, and things around to uh, create those sounds. It's uh, just just a mind-blowing album. I highly recommend if you If you're into noisy, dark, angry industrial stuff this is for you it's uh just unreal all right before we go into the interview with wade black we have to mention that this episode is brought to you by blacklight art and design who are our go-to for all our screen printing needs they've done all our shirts and hats for ever black media they've got an excellent turnaround i highly recommend checking them out www.blacklightad.com.au the show is also brought to you by our good friends at RW Promotion, who are the best in the biz when it comes to stickers, flyers, banners, badges, and all other promo you need for your band or business. www.rwpromotion.com.au Also, uh, give a shout-out to our good friends at Lover Punk's Axe Throwing Club, who now have two venues in Queensland, one in Miami on the Gold Coast and the other in West End in Brisbane. Lumberpunks is a perfect destination for uh, throwing axes with your buddies. Birthday parties, hens nights, bucks nights, you name it. It's just a hell of a good time. All sessions are 1.5 hours in length and comprise of a safety induction, instruction on tactical tomahawks and hatchets, and then competitive play. Now, you receive 10% off your session if you quote Everblack in your booking notes. Terms and conditions apply. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and Everblack podcast through iTunes uh, and also uh, all, all the social medias like instagram and facebook uh give us a like give us a follow share our stuff we uh appreciate it all right here is my interview with wade black from collapse go get the album now turn it up loud it'll uh it'll definitely rattle you that's for sure it's amazing enjoy wade thanks for joining us on the show mate how's things going things are things are going pretty good things are going pretty good awesome man well uh... Oh, I'm I'm good, dude. Well, especially uh, the new Collapse album, Mechanical Crisis, out this week, and uh, it's a follow-up to Sibling Lovers. Um, what's the concept for this one? This one was kind of like a had a theme of retribution. So that's basically the the overarching theme for the entire record. So it's a little bit less self-loathing and more kind of uh, vengeful. Is that something from uh, like a personal a personal yeah, absolutely. Uh, film? Yeah, it's, oh, it's oh, the every song on every, you know on every collapse record basically coming from a very personal aspect. Is that hard for you to deal with when it, when tapping into those for lyrical content? Uh, no, it makes it easier. I really um I enjoy kind of uh, making the records highly personal 
And I also try to leave it open to interpretation for the listener. Awesome, man. Well, what's the meaning behind the title? Um, the title came from reading a couple of, like, I'm really into history, so mm. the title came from uh, a journal that <clears throat> was talking about the bombing of the Second World War uh, in, sorry, the, like the Blitzkrieg in London. So someone that just kind of described, you know, the plane kind of looking like flying crucifixes. And I thought that was a really good reflection on sort of like my personal state at the time, you know, kind of being bombarded and sort of dealing with it. So I just, yeah, took, took that reference of like flying cru- crucifixes and kind of personalized it a little bit. How would you suggest for listeners to experience the album or, or your music? Was, what's the best way? Would you say vinyl in a dark room with headphones or... Because it's it's not your sort of mainstream sort of stuff. No, it's not. I mean, I, it's weird. Like the the band live is very different to to the record. I mean, you get kind of two experiences, whether you're singing to the band or whether you're listening to it uh, on record. And I guess I would, yeah, suggest listening to it really loud and in a dark place or in a club doing line to code. <laughs> <laughs> and what about when it when it comes to writing? Uh, how does that usually start? Because it's uh, it seems like it'd be a different process for you guys. Yeah, so this record was written really differently. I did most of this um, by myself and had Damien do a lot of the production on it afterwards. So basically, I kind of just starts off in, in my room and then um, it's given to the band and the band do a lot of production work around the um, around the songwriting. So how does it usually sort of start with the guitar or do you... Or uh, no, no, usually we, we, I start with the scrap metals and you start with a beat usually. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of build atmosphere around it. So we never, you know, we don't really stick to song structures or whatever. Some of them are just kind of jams, you know, they're one-take record, uh, recordings, and then I'll do vocals over them. Or otherwise, yeah, well, I'll just not even be. Sometimes I'll just find, like, an interesting sound and build build the track around something weird, you know. Like, there's a song on the record called Traducer, which is just, like, a, a scrap metal plate basically feeding back, and that was just done in one take, and I put vocals over it, and that was pretty much it. So, yeah, man, we basically avoid, like... Um, conventional instruments and that's how the, the band kind of created this I, I think it's kind of a unique sound so we, we, we just deconstructed the traditional formula of you know bass guitar and drums so yeah we sort of try to start from the most unusual sound possible when it comes to uh, you know uh, recording samples like scrap metal and other materials like that I mean how how do you go about doing is that something that you go roaming around you know, with like a little zoom and you find like the, the sounds naturally that way or is it something yeah, to I did a little bit. the room? Yeah, we never, take, we never take samples off the internet. So that's basically how it happens is I'll either take, I did a little bit of zoom stuff on, on this record, but mostly it's just bits of scrap metal that um, we found. Mm. Um, yeah, or, or just, you know, household items that we've reappropriated. But mostly it's just bits of scrap metal that we found. Like we used to have a thing, I mean, we don't do this so much anymore, but for a while, we were playing a lot of squat shows, and every show that we played in kind of like a, a warehouse or whatever, we would find a new piece of junk. We'd go roaming around and pick up a new thing, and so that's how we kind of accumulated the stuff, just by playing these weird shows. And uh, yeah, so that's basically how it happened, and we just accumulated all this crap and made records with it. What makes the coolest sound before, you know, for recording that sort of stuff? The one that I use the most on the new record is like this big sheet of metal. Mm. Just a square sheet of metal, and I used that for snare sounds. I used it for like atmospheric feedback sounds. Um, yeah, I found that to be the most versatile. This is hunk of thick steel. 
and we use it live as well, you know, we'll wrap a tape of contact mic to it and have it feeding back. I'd say that's the most versatile, interesting one. It's a square piece of steel. So when it comes to playing live, say if you're overseas, do you have to try, do you, do you put that on, on uh, like your uh, tech sheet? Like, I need this, or, or do you take it with you? How does that work? We take it with us, man. <laughs> we, we actually, we take all of it with us. And it, it, we get asked a lot if, um, you know, do you have trouble at the airport and stuff? And actually no one's ever said anything about it, but it does look bizarre. You know, we have that coil. Mm. And that, that gets transported, the plate gets transported, we've got other bits of blocks of metal that we take. I mean, it's starting to become a problem now because of weight. It's getting very heavy, so we've left mm. some of the stuff in Europe and we collect it, you know, when we're, uh, when we're there. So now we have, like, an Australian setup and a Europe setup. But we do still have to take a couple of the vital bits of scrap. So you're going back to Europe soon, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Yeah, in August, yeah. <clears throat> so how many this times be- is that? This will be the third. This will be the third time that we've gone. This will be the longest one we've ever done. I think it's going to be forty-nine shows in fifty days. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a pretty hectic schedule. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, when it comes to to going over there, I mean, they. It sounds like you guys would go really well. You know, for you know, for a band like Collapse over in Europe. So, where where do you usually start? What's the what's the journey to Europe like for you? Well, we uh, we usually land in Amsterdam because that's where our hire company is from. So we, yep. we land there and kind of start around Belgium and north, northern Western Europe, Belgium, France, and um, then kind of go over to northern Germany and up into Scandinavia. I mean, we're doing that again this time. Yeah, and then we'll head down to Eastern Europe, like Poland and Slovakia. Where do you get the best response? Uh, probably Poland at the moment. Poland and um, Berlin is particularly good. Yeah, like and uh, Brussels in, in Belgium is a really good city for us too, but mostly Poland because we did uh, Rock Club Industrial Festival last year, and, but that went really well. <clears throat> so we have, yeah, we have a lot of fans in Poland now. That's what yeah, that's so, what I mean it's a very strange city, a very thing, a very strange country for us to kind of take off in. I didn't expect that at all because um, I knew nothing about Poland before we we had gone there. But yeah, it was very warmly received there. And you know, in regards to you know playing those festivals and stuff, you probably bumped into some. Some heroes there, I'm sure, man. Like, who who have you sort of met that sort of had a big impact on you? Um, well, we played with Blixer at that uh, Southern Industrial Festival. I didn't meet him though, but oh, a, wow. the biggest one for me was Pharmacon. Oh, that was huge, man! Like, I'm a really, really big fan of her. Um, yeah, like I picked up a record in a, in a store one day of hers, and I was like, "Fuck, where should be making music like this?" Um, and so touring with her was just incredible. That's awesome, man. Was was she cool? Yeah, she was so cool, man. Like, uh, we, you know, we just got pissed and trashed a backstage room with her, and it's great. She was really cool. She's a very intelligent woman. That's awesome. Man. Very easy going. I thought she'd be um, a little bit hard to get on with, but actually, it was a great time. So. You're playing over there. You're dragging all the gear and stuff like that. I mean, what's what's the biggest challenges for a band like yourselves touring Europe? Oh man, for us, it's like not dying. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Logistically, things are hard. Like, as we've spoken about like we have a lot of equipment so just cutting the gear around is a bit tedious but uh, we usually have a really great time like i feel like with, with this band the live aspect is is what it's really about you know more so than doing recordings so mm-hmm. i'm really happy to get out on the road and tour that's where i think we shine have you toured australia much do you do yeah we 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 have we've done australia we did australia with youth code and mm-hmm. we went to new zealand a couple of times but it's 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 spotty for us here, man. Like it goes really well sometimes, and other times not so much. Like we had a really good time the last time we were in Perth, but mm. I didn't really enjoy the other shows so much. 
just um, a little bit, it's just different here. I don't think it's as, as warmly received. I don't think it's as well understood as it is over in Europe. No, it's, and that's the kind of shitty thing because, <laughs> you know, yeah. people like us that love that kind of stuff, like, yeah, I feel like Australia's a bit behind the times, man, you know? It is, man. I think we're about 10, 15 years behind, really, and it takes a long time for Australia to embrace something um, that's a bit new, you know? Mm. Um, it, it's it's very weird, but I do, there has been some support that's just started. You know, there's, there's a couple of, like, collectives that have begun bringing out new bands, new noise bands and stuff from overseas which is really great but overall it's it's quite difficult it's also expense wise really difficult for a band like us to tour around Australia I mean we always lose money and stuff do you think it's going to get better? I think it's I think it's I think it's on the rise man I I think it is I think it is but logistically it's just really hard to get around you know it's got to be traversed by flight Mm. so you know there there are obvious um, logistical fucking problems that you have to deal with yeah in, in your right it says you're all vegan but how yeah. hard is that touring overseas where there's, you know, language barriers and things like that? Can that be difficult? It is, man. Like, the it's on the rider, and that always is, has... I've never had a problem with that. It's always actually been adhered to, which is really nice. Like, the promoters and stuff have always been very generous and accommodating mm. towards my band. But, I mean, the, the problem that we run into with the vegan thing over there is kind of like just van stuff, you know what I mean? Like, driving through Hungary or something and stopping at a fuel station... That's kind of, you know, you do run into problems with it there, but we we don't really mind. Like, we're having such a great time when we're over there, so we we don't get too upset about it. Have you guys done Dark Mofo? No, we haven't. No, no, we haven't done, we haven't, we've never been invited, haven't heard from them. We've never emailed them or anything. It seems like you guys would be the perfect fit. Yeah, yeah, I would assume so as well, but yeah, what what, what can you do? Well, hopefully soon, man, (laughs) because that seems like where... (laughs) All these sort of you know uh, you know experimental bands seem to go. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm I'm moving away to Europe anyway, so I think we're going to do one more show on the 17th of August here with um, yep. uh, of the one in the moon, and that that'll be it for us in Australia, I think, for a very long time. Well, dude. Okay, so where are you moving to exactly? Ah, uh, Lugano in Switzerland. Nice. Yeah. What was it about there? What? Why there? Oh, my wife. My wife's. So we're just relocating there, and it's just easier to get around. I see. I see. Cool. So it wasn't. It's a creative and personal, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It just seems like the right thing to do. I think you know, it's costing me money every time I go over there. Mm. So um, you know, this way I don't have to worry about flights. Switzerland's a beautiful place. So why not? You know, it just seems like right thing to do at the moment. I think I'd totally do it, man, if I could. (laughs) Yeah, man, I, I love Europe, man. I have a great time when I'm there. I've never I been, bro. Wild place. Oh, really? You should, man. No, nah, man. Again. Have a holiday. <laughs> oh, dude. If I, if I Just chuck me in the suitcase, man. Gotta <laughs> go past the wife. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. <laughs> Have you guys ever been approached to do, like, video games or, or scores from movies and stuff like that? Because it seems like you'd be perfect for that. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't come up so much yet, but we we did have two of our songs used for um, Upgrade, the, the film that came out last year. Yeah, it's like a sci-fi kind of um, dystopian-styled film. So yeah, we had um, yeah that come out, and that, w- that was really great. But ever since then, we haven't re- been approached by anyone else. That was also very strange. Like We just fi- uh, finished touring in 2017, and like a week after, we had a email from Australia asking for our music to be used in an Australian film, which for us, like I said, man, you know, we're not... We don't do that well here, so 
I, I was very surprised by that and also, you know, pleased by it. Lee Winnell, was it? That was yeah, movie, Lee Winnell, yeah. Yeah. That's, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, it was good, man. Like, I was, I was pleased to be in that. It was great. Like, I was very appreciative that he involved us and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I, so, I guess, I mean, it's something you'd love to do more of. So, who knows, man? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't doesn't worry me so much. But, yeah, I mean, I'd really like to get into actually composing for for a film. That'd be really great, like doing an actual score instead of just having tracks used. That'd be really something very interesting to do because I feel like we could go a you know, get a bit crazier with the um, you know, the experimental aspect of the band, and not have to worry about song structures so much. And then there's uh, obviously, uh, you know, on vinyl would sound awesome too. You guys have got of vinyl. course, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything besides our first cassette's been done on vinyl. Actually, we di- we didn't even do CDs for the last record. Do you think that's where it takes the best way to experience you guys is is, is through vinyl? I, I think so because, I mean, when I'm putting when I'm doing the songs I kind of they do tell a story you know there is sort of like a chronology mm. throughout throughout the record and I think this the space where you flip the, the album is kind of a good break in the middle I mean it's the traditional experience that you get with all records obviously but I think it's really important for um you know to have like to rest the ears just between between the you know in the middle of the record because obviously all, all our tracks are just so kind of obstreperous and loud it's kind of I think the the middle break is like really important and also, it's just the experience of the artwork and stuff. Like a lot of thought goes into the artwork. So I, I, I do, I, yeah, I do think that our best, ex, you know, the best listening experience is on record. I wasn't even interested in releasing CDs, honestly. Like I, I never wanted to do it. But the last time we were touring, people were starting to ask for them again, which is which is weird because the first tour mm. we did, there was absolutely no interest in CDs. So I think that's something that's kind of maybe coming back. I'm not sure. But I just thought of it. I, I think of CD as kind of like a cumbersome medium. Like for, for digital, right? Like, why would you mm. want to have a physical product of of a digital recording? I don't really get that, but the people are into it, man. So, have you guys done Japan? No, no, we were going to do it this year. Yeah, but um, we decided just to focus on Europe and do a longer tour there instead. But yeah, we'd really, really like to, man. I love Japan, and you know, it's we funny, have a couple man. of label mates who are over there now. Mm. So I think that's something that's kind of opening up. But for the moment, we're just yeah focusing on Europe mostly. Because it is funny, man, that we're talking about CDs, that CDs seem to be uh, declining, especially in Australia, but in Japan, apparently they're still heavy buyers of CDs. Absolutely, man. I went there in like 2015 on like a personal holiday, and there's CD shops there that would just blow your mind, like levels of it, man. Just like plateaus of fucking floors of CDs. So, you know, the, the... the record store thing there is very much alive and well, with CD particularly. Yeah, it's funny in that. Like, yeah, because my best mate said that, uh, you know, talking about going over there ourselves and what we'd need for that. So he's like, yeah, CD. Yep. It's not digital. It's about CDs over there, and they still market bands heavily. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. One of the most insane things I've ever seen, man, is the way that the Japanese advertise their pop bands yeah like they'll hire yeah. out like a semi truck the massive like a trolley yeah like a, a semi truck and the back of it is just like a big picture of the band with music blasting and they just drive that around the city as an, as an advertisement wow <laughs> yeah totally um totally bizarre that is bizarre <laughs> i'm gonna see it one, one day 
one day I'll yeah, see it for, for myself. Sure. <laughs> so it, tour coming out. The you know the uh, the album comes out this week. Tour. Yep. What else is uh, happening for you guys later in the year? Um, I think we'll we'll I think Japan will be uh, something that we'll definitely focus on. But the tour is so long that it ends in October. So I think after that we'll recover for a couple of months, maybe write some new stuff and probably try and get to Japan. I think. That's awesome, dude. Well, uh, all the best with the album, man. Thanks for hanging on the show. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, catch you soon. Excellent. Thank you very much. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. 